We like, we like our services to be somewhat fluid, don't we? <laughs> it's a good thing because they're always fluid. Let's reach out and pray for Pastor Byron this morning. Lord, we thank you for our pastor. We just pray, Lord, that you would speak through him. We thank you, Lord, for the favor. We thank you for the words that you've spoken over his life. We thank you for the words of prophecy that you've given him. We pray right now, Lord, that those words would come to pass in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, that any word that's been spoken over him that's from you, Lord, we ask right now that he would start to see signs and see all the fruition of those words in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We just pray for this service, the rest of the service this morning. Lord, bless it. Amen. That was, uh, that was a good prayer, wasn't it? Y'all can have that prayer too. Yeah, amen. Ann said she'd take it. For the rest of you, I'll just take your portion. Ooh, the Lord's good, isn't he? Yeah. Yes, we like for the Lord to flow. In fact, that's how he kind of works, right? He kind of flows. Get myself together here. Actually, this is a message I've been wanting to give y'all. Um, and so I was really excited about giving this message today. And normally I'm not really excited about preaching, I'll be honest with you, because it's, kind of it's kind of kind of challenging. You know, whenever you do anything, you're taking a chance you're going to fail, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you're going to get anywhere in the kingdom, you got to you got to take chances with the Lord, right? Some of you need to be a little bit less uh, conservative in your stuff that God's called you to do, because really nothing is not going to happen in the kingdom of God unless you you're the person God put you here on this earth for a reason. So. I'm just sharing that with you. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. How about you? you know, mostly. I'm mostly doing what I'm supposed to be doing. There's a few things I want to do, honestly, and I think we're in a time where God's going to let us do some stuff that he's put in our hearts. So I think all this prophetic stuff, is that's what it is, to encourage us and exhort us, implore us to, to really engage with the Lord because he's, he's available. So I'm going to read this scripture. I've talked about this a few times, about 12 or 13 or 14 years ago. I, I can just remember this. Speaking of Argentina, this happened to me in Argentina. I was, I was going to preach at this church in Argentina, and I had these verses I wanted to read, and I had something else I wanted to say when I was in my mind. I had this thought I, I wanted to share. But when I started reading it, as I was reading it, God started talking to me. And downloading to me, and this has been like amazing in my life uh, since then. It's really had a big impact on me, and I keep going back to it over and over. And I'll tell you, it's something that can practically help you if you will do this. I, I guarantee you, if you'll begin to apply this to your life, you can have a shift. Okay? A lot of this anxiety that people have and a lot of this depression and stuff... Actually, we don't really understand. We bring stuff on our own. We bring it on ourselves based on what we're allowing into our minds. You hear what I'm telling you? And we can begin to deal with it. Now, that's not every situation because there are biological issues and chemical issues people have. Okay? But I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about just what we allow into our minds. So I'm going to read this. Some things that will really help you this morning uh, if you want to be helped. Anybody want to be helped? Oh, Lord, help. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and, and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Wow. Is that not really 
what we're seeing in our world today more than ever is the truth is being suppressed more and more and more. So these verses right here really uh, have a profound practical uh, impact because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes are clearly seen being understand by the, understood by the things that are made, even his in, eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So in other words, what Paul's trying to say there, God has made himself available. God is, Paul was really saying this, it is not that hard to know God, because God has revealed himself. He's given humanity a chance to know him. And we can know God because God's made it easy for us to know Him. We make it hard. The hardness about knowing God and having this relationship with God is not on God's part. It is on our part. Because although they knew God, and I just, this just sticks to me, although they knew God, these were human beings that had some level of relationship with God. They knew Him. That's what He says. Although they knew Him. That could apply to anybody in this room who has any relationship with the Lord. They did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. They did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. But, but became futile in their thoughts, in their thinking. Futile, without purpose, without direction. That's, that's what it means. They, in, in other words, they because they didn't honor the Lord and they didn't they didn't have a heart of gratitude, something began to happen in their mind. Something began to affect their thinking. Something dark, something devious began to affect how they thought. And they began to disengage with their very purpose that why God had placed them on this earth. The, the, very, the very thing that God had created them for all of a sudden, they begin to disengage with it. They begin to lose that purpose. And, you know, if you don't have a purpose in life, you're going to get a purpose. If you lose your purpose in God, there's another purpose, the devil's purpose. Okay? And then, then it says their foolish hearts were darkened. In other words, when we begin to lose our reason for living and lose the, the very reason God put us on this earth, we begin to disengage with it. Our hearts become darkened. And when your heart gets dark, guess what happens? You can't connect with the Lord. You, you can't perceive God's heart. You can't perceive what's important to God, His affections, His desires. The things that are important to God, you're no longer able, you, you don't know what they are. You don't. You can't. You could read the Bible, and you still wouldn't know. You you could hear people preach about it, and you you still would not know what those things were because your heart and, and it's a dis, disengagement. And then he says in verse twenty two, professing to be wise, they became fools. They became fools, man. Professing to be wise isn't that not the the culture of the world? that we live in, and, and, and if you read on, if you go on, you, it'll t definitely tell you the culture of the world. You know, if, you know, professing to be wise, the world has become a fool. This is the Bible. This is what he's saying, and it's all because people disengaged in their thinking. Something happened, and the reason he gives us is because 
They weren't thankful. They didn't honor the Lord in their thinking. Okay? They didn't honor the Lord in their thinking. They dishonored Him in their thinking. Well, there's three words I wanted to bring up to you. Um, You know, if you read on down, you you understand where perversion comes from. It comes from right what I just read to you. Everything becomes perverted. All your desires become perverted. Just read the rest of that and, and think about this. The simple solution that God has given humanity is, is, is real easy. It's, it's being thankful and, and honoring the Lord in our thoughts. That's the, that's the most simple solution there is. Uh, there's three words, uh, magnify, honor, and glorify. Those are three words that are basically used interchangeably in the Bible. Uh, they all mean, basically mean the same thing. In other words, they did not honor the Lord. They did not give God glory or they did not magnify the Lord in their minds. People don't magnify the Lord in their minds. In other words, we make, listen, God is who God is. We don't make him bigger or smaller in reality, but we can make God bigger or smaller in our thinking. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? We can make him bigger or smaller. And so we're very good at making God small and our problems big. We look at our world today, there are, the, the problems seem overwhelming, but we've met, and the reason they seem overwhelming to us is because we've made God little in our thinking. And so when we begin to let God be big in our thinking, we'll begin to see God's solutions to the problems of the world. And suddenly those problems won't seem overwhelming. Even your own personal problems in your life, when we get, we get all stressed out or we get anxious and we stay awake at night or, you know, all this is caused, y'all. This is because, because we've, we've made those things big and God small. And so we learn how to magnify the Lord. We used to sing a song, magnify the Lord with me. This, this is the answer. This is a very simple answer from the Bible. And the reason I've been wanting to share this because in my life, I have a lot of problems, just like you do. I've got, uh, I got my problems, and I have a lot of your problems, honestly. I get to experience a lot of your problems. That's what my job is, is to, when people have problems, when people suffer loss, where people go through tra- tragedy in their life, Part of, a part of your job is to be there with them in that, right? So you have to learn how to live your life and not be overwhelmed by your own personal problems, by the problems that you have in your own family, then by the problems that the world is throwing at you. Are y'all with me this morning? So let me read this verse to you. This is so beautiful. Y'all going to love this. It's profound. It's Psalm 100, verse 4 through 5. It says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. This is what the psalmist was saying. We know this. We've known it. We used to sing it. Uh, we will enter his gates with thanksgiving as a heart. We will enter his courts with praise. We used to sing this a long time ago. Well, let me tell you 
something about gates in the Bible. I just re- I went through the Bible and looked at a few situations, gates, t- talking about gates of city. Let me tell you what the gates represent in the Bible. So when, when this psalm was written, the psalmist knew all this. He knew exactly what he was writing. Uh, Ruth 4.11 says the gates of the city were the seat of authority. Um, Proverbs 1.21 says the gates of the city were where wisdom was spoken. It says in Deuteronomy 16.18 that judges and officers administrated justice at the gates of the city. The council of the state, which would be like the Congress and you know, the, all those people was held at the gates of the city. That's Second Chronicles chapter 18, verse 9. Uh, Nehemiah 8, 2 through 3 says, The word of the Lord is read at the gate of the city. Uh, Jeremiah 17, 19 through 20 says, The prophets proclaim the message of the Lord at the gates of the city. And then Jeremiah 7, 2 says, The people entered through the gates to worship the Lord. Okay? And, of course, we know the ultimate gate is Christ himself. He said that in John 10, 7. He embodies all those things I just wrote to you. So when we give thanks to the Lord, okay, for what he's done for us, when we have a thankful heart, we are entering in to, to heaven's gates. That's what's happening spiritually with us. We're entering into that place, and we're entering into the place where prophetic words are spoken. We're entering into the place where the word for the revelation of the word of God is accessible. We're entering into the place where we can receive the justice of heaven. Are y'all following? We're entering into the place where we can begin to experience the authority that we have in Christ. It makes all these things become, the re- that's where the reality of them begins for us. It's not that we, we, it's not that thankfulness earns that for us. We need to be, be clear about that. The blood of Jesus is, gives us access to the gates, right? It's the blood that makes a way. But we can have a way and never access the things that God has for us. We will never access His authority without a heart of thankfulness. That's how we begin to access it. Thankfulness puts us in a position to receive the authority, to receive prophetic, to receive justice that we're so needing. Am I talking to anybody in this room? What I'm telling you, this will help you. This will help you. Just a simple thing in your life, deciding to be thankful. Just deciding to think about your life and what Christ has done for you, what he has already given you. That simple thing has profound power and impact and influence over our lives. And we act like it's just a little thing. Oh, yes, we should be thankful. God deserves to be thanked. But God is such a, he's so, you know, generous. He likes to share. He's. He doesn't do anything for himself. That's he shares the benefits of thankfulness with us automatically. It flows, flows over us. It is good. I'm telling you all this because this will get you out of the hole that you find yourself in at times. When you wake up in the morning and you feel this thing coming at you, 
Yeah, I was telling when Luis was sharing that about the devil, I guess he's hitting people. Well, I said, well, you know what I've learned to do is I learned how to hit back. I'm serious. I learned how to hit back at the devil when he comes at me. And this is one of the ways I hit back at him is I shift into a, a mode of thankfulness. When, the, when I feel darkness coming on me, coming after me, trying to grab a hold of my heart, and all these negative thoughts start coming into me, I, I realize right then, well, I got a choice to make. I can begin to be thankful and thanking the Lord. And that's our weapon. That's a powerful weapon that we can use. And the devil doesn't like it. And I'll tell you something. You can say what you want to. It'll get you out of where you're at. It really will get you out of where you're at. It may not instantly, but if you begin to cultivate thankfulness in your heart, y'all, your life will begin to change. And suddenly the things that you're not seeing, you're going to start seeing. You know, I think it's pretty powerful. Here's what John L. Logan said the other day that I thought was pretty powerful. I just wanted to bring this out. If y'all want to know somebody who's spiritual, John L. a spiritual woman. Isn't she, Maya? Yeah, she's way over my head. This is what she said. When she said it, it was like, man, this is the Lord. She says, there is a healing and justice that can't be found anywhere else. There's a healing. In other words, a person who's suffered an injustice in their life, that when, that, when, God, when God brings the justice... There's a healing that a person gets that you can't find it anywhere else. It's only when God administrates his justice. And that's what happened at the gates of the city is God administrates justice. So I want to just add that there's healing and thankfulness. There's healing. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm not saying anything about her life, but when she had authority to say that. You know what I'm saying? A person has authority when they've gone through something and can speak that. You have to pay attention to people when they say stuff, especially people who have authority because they went through something and know, know about that. Well, I better hurry up, haven't I? Or mustn't I? So when we praise him, I will enter his gates with thanks, him and his courts with praise. His courts... For us is his presence. Right? When we praise his name for who he is, we enter into his inner court. Again, we don't praise the Lord to have his presence. The blood's given us the presence. We've been given that. But what the, what his, what the praise does, it enables us to begin to experience what Jesus said in John 14, that he, I will manifest myself to you. I will reveal my presence to you. And so when we begin to praise the Lord, we sang about this this morning. I love that Jonathan Helser song. Uh, what was it? Praise. You know, that song is very uh, theologically right on. It's very, very biblical, although you might not get the same words in the Bible, but what it was communicating it's what I'm really saying. I mean, that's, I love that song. This is what Psalm 50, verse 23 says. Whoever offers praise, listen. Who are, whoever offers praise glorifies me. 
whoever offers praise makes me bigger in my mind, in your mind, in that whoever. And when I offer praise, God is being magnified. God is being made bigger in my mind. Therefore, my problems are coming in to, to the right perception. Suddenly, my problems are not so big. God is big. That's what, that's what whoever offers praise magnifies the Lord. Whoever offers praise honors. See, I've just told you this is one of the things we can do. Honor God. There's a lot of ways to honor God. One way we honor God is honoring other people. When you dishonor people, you're dishonoring the Lord. I just want to tell you that right now because that's one of the biggest dishonoring things I see in our life is how we dishonor the Lord with each other. So whenever you treat a person bad, you're treating God bad. That's how you, if you start thinking that way, like, well, I better not be yelling at Becky too much. Occasionally I can, right? No, you don't yell at Becky. You don't yell at Becky Davis. I'll tell you that now. You know, just like I was saying, you know, I fight back with the devil. Well, she, she fights back. She, she swings. Psalm 22, verse 3 says this. We sing this, but you are holy and throned in the praises of Israel. And throne means to sit down, remain, to settle, to marry. In other words, as we begin to praise the Lord, the presence of God wants to rest. We sing God's place, right, or something like that. God's home. God, the seed praise causes God to want to settle. Remember when the Holy Spirit came on Jesus as a dove after he was baptized and settled on him and rested on him? That's, that's what happens as we begin to praise. That's what God wants to do. He wants to settle he wants to rest on us. He, he wants to be on us. He, he wants to walk around with us. So if you want to know how to get the Holy Spirit to walk around with you, as you begin to have a heart of praise, you begin to praise Him, and that's what He will do. This is what the Bible says. And your, your things will begin to shift in you. I, I feel like you're all looking at me badly. It's like you're looking at me mad and like you don't agree with me. Okay? But I'm sorry. This is what the Bible says. I'm sticking with this. This works. I'm telling you this works. It will work in your life if you'll begin to become a thankful person and a praising person. I'm not talking about just on, at church. Okay? Now, I'm going to read this, Luke 17, verse 7 through 8. I'm going to get done on time, y'all, which is remarkable. This... I'm going to tell you something. Years ago, I read this, and it really, this is what really started this path about, about what God deserves, regardless of how I feel or how I think. Okay? It says this. this which of you, having a servant, plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk and afterwards you will eat and drink. You know, and this is the order of life that God has ordained for every human being. This, this is the order. Jesus said it in his prayer. Lord, teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Before he ever even hit on, give us this daily bread. 
It's like you make sure God gets what God deserves. That's, that's what it's telling us right there. That's why churches, I think, why maybe they ain't, I don't know this. In my mind, this is why we start our church with worship. Because we're here to the minister to the Lord first. Okay? And I think we do that in our own personal life. It's not just at church. But in our life, when we begin to think about God first and begin our days and begin our situations, ministering to the Lord with a heart of thank, being thankful and just giving Him what He deserves and just praising, praising Him. See, that's what they're talking about right there. The master is being taken care of. And as the master is being taken care of, then we'll be, and, we, and he promises us, we'll be taken care of. He, our, our needs will be met. We will be ministered to. Don't y'all love that? We should all love that. And, and I pray, just like that, when I read that, and I felt like the, that, the Lord made that so real in my heart, is I wanted to live my life that way. And I made some decisions in my life about what I was going to be because, honestly, I'm sort of a lazy guy on Sunday mornings especially. I like to just come to church and sit down and do nothing and just have a watch everybody. I'm enjoying it. But you know what I decided? You know what? I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to be the guy who, no matter what, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to be the guy that if I'm hurting, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to be the guy, if I'm discouraged, I'm going to praise the Lord because I found out there's power in that. So I don't come to church. I can't tell you there's been hundreds of times that I've walked into this building just feeling beat to death on Sunday. I mean, just feeling beat, just wore down, wore out, discouraged, messed up, and that decision, I'm not going to set my rear end down there Fold my arms. You know, I'm going to give God what God deserves. And when I began to do that, it was like the chiropractor from heaven showed up. And I heard my backbone. You know how that, that sounds when they do that? And suddenly I came into alignment with the Lord. And suddenly things began. And I'll tell you, sometimes I've walked out the door and none of my situations change, but I changed. Suddenly, I had a, a belief, I had a faith that was in me that I didn't have when I came in the door. I'm not suggesting you do anything except praise the Lord, whatever that looks like. That, that's all I'm suggesting. And I'm not even talking about just about church because I wake up, my days, I wake up, the first thing I'm in, being intentional about is thinking about the Lord Jesus and thinking about what he's done for me. And if I can't think of anything specific, which I can because i got a million things to tell you that he's done for me, I can always think about the cross. I can always think about Jesus suffering on the cross for me. I can always think about what the Bible says, that his flesh was ripped open so I could enter into the heavenly realm. I can always thank the Lord about that. Can't you? Yes. I mean, that. see, there's power in this. I'm telling you there's power in this. All right, let me, I'm going to wrap this thing up. Are y'all good? Okay, I'm going to read this Hebrews 13, verse 15. Um, and so, if you know, the book of Hebrews is amazing. Uh, and, this, uh, and this is in the last chapter. And it talks about a lot of things in Hebrews. One of the things it talks about is the sacrifices in the Old Testament. 
It talks about some amazing thing. And it talks, listen, it talks about this person, Jesus, being outside the camp. Okay? In the verses that precede the one I'm here. It says, we're going to go outside the camp. Do you hear that? Where he's at. You know what that says to me? It's going to take a decision on my part. In other words, I'm going to have to go to where he is. I'm going to have to be intentional in my heart about this whole thing. And then he, because he, he had two or three therefores, you know. He does this whole, whole book, 12 chapters, talking about all this stuff about Jesus and how better he is and everything. And then he starts these therefores. And this, this is what he says. Therefore, by him, I'm going to get after you. Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is, y'all, I hate to tell you, y'all real quiet, sew your mouth up, never sing a song, never say thank you, Jesus. The fruit of our lips. Isn't that powerful? Giving thanks to his name. It's powerful. That's like, like a conclusion to this whole book. Like, this is what it all boils down to. You know? And so when we begin to make that, see, I'm just not naturally any of that. I am naturally a, kind of opposed to it. You know, I'm naturally reserved, quiet. I can praise the Lord in my mind. I can sit here and look at my phone and read scriptures and think I'm praising the Lord. But here it seems to say something else. It seems to say that it's always going to be a sacrifice to praise the Lord. It seems to say that we're going to have to put our hurts aside, our disappointments aside, our depression aside. Whatever it is that's bugging you, whatever has got you down, it's saying you're going to have to make a decision in your life to let, not let those things hold you back from doing the very thing that God has ordained and because God deserves it. But the cool thing is He wants to benefit you. He, the very thing that's stopping you and you're not praising Him and you're not thankful is keeping you there. And when you get in your heart to make a decision to become thankful in your life, to have a heart of gratitude, and live that way, and be a praising person, that's where the freedom begins to come. That's where the depression in your brain starts getting broken off. That's where the down feelings that you get, or the worries, you know, about tomorrow, about what this person is doing, and that's going to hurt you. Y'all hear that? I'm just reading what the Bible's saying, but I'll be honest with you. This is, you know, the... I haven't arrived, but I'm definitely in the airplane. <laughs> That's me. I ain't arrived on any of this. But I'll tell you, I, I'm making it my aim in my life. So when I, get in, when I wake up in the morning, as soon as I can get my thoughts going, I'm just be attentive. Like, Lord, I'm just thankful that I'm awake this morning. You know, I'm thankful that I can roll out of this bed and put two feet on the floor and stand up because there's people who can't. You know, I'm thankful. Thank you. You know, thank you that you have forgotten some things that I haven't forgotten about me. That you don't remember those things. And you've let me off the hook. You know, there's so much that we can begin to be. It's, it's not that really not that hard to do. And it says by him, by him, that means the Holy Spirit is very interested in helping people live this lifestyle. I, I really think that if we would begin to do this with our life, 
some of the woes that we feel. Uh, I think sometimes we fill our minds up with other things uh, that are legitimate things, right? They're legit. They're, they're, they're not evil. They're not sin. They're, they're legit things, but it just pushes out. It pushes out praise. It pushes out being thankful. And then those things begin to start controlling us when we're meant to control them. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like I'll share before you close and pray. Okay. So back in 1989, I went to this house of this very successful millionaire. And it was the biggest house I'd ever been in. It was over 10,000 square feet. It had over seven bedrooms, five bathrooms. And he was a very godly man. And as I'm driving back to my house, which was very, very, very small, Jacob Early, no joke, could stand in our living room and touch both walls. Um, We had four children, so there were six of us. We had one bathroom, and it didn't have a shower. This was our little tiny house. And as I'm driving home, the enemy got all over me and started saying to me, look at the house God gave him. Look at the house that God gave you. Why does God love him more than God loves you? And it just was the whole way home. And I walked into the house, and this is not me. This is God. I walked in the house. Nobody was home. I burst through that front door, and I just started saying, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this house. I walked into the kitchen. I said, thank you for this kitchen where my wife prepares meals back when she used to cook. When my wa- where my wife prepares meals. Where, where, where our family sits around the dining, the, the kitchen table and eats. Thank you for this living room that, that we sit and fellowship in. Thank you. I started going through all the bedrooms. Thank you for, for the kids' bedrooms here and here where, where our kids sleep and are safe at night. Thank you. And, and I just started just thanking the Lord for every single room of the house. And that broke off me immediately. And it's not that, yeah, we wound up getting a much bigger house. It had nothing to do with getting a much bigger house. It had everything to do with the devil being defeated in the crap that he was trying to put on me. And that's what broke it off. The attitude of gratitude. Yeah, amen. That's punching the devil. Amen. Yeah, amen. Let's stand up. Hey, you know... uh, Amy, one of the things Amy mentioned in her testimony up here, that's really good, Amy. Great job wherever you are at. Um, she said some words about Bob Jones. I think they have it hooked up on the website where you can listen to that message that was given in 2009. And if you listen to the message, it's like, oh, my gosh. He, he was, he was uh, a few years like those words are for now. I'm telling you, when you listen, you'd think he was talking about today with what's going on and all the things. It's, it's a pretty amazing. But here's one of the things that Bob said, okay, that I thought was brilliant, which I don't remember him saying. But he was talking about uh, people getting stuck. And he said in Arkansas, listen to this, Arkansas River where he grew up, there's places in the river that were relatively shallow where horses could cross and he said the horses liked to stop and drink as they were crossing the river so, but the problem was there's quicksand in the river and he said the only way you could get a course across is you can't stop 
If you'll keep walking, you won't sink. There's people that have stopped. Okay? There's people who stopped, and you've stopped, and you've gotten stuck because you stopped. You got something in your head that was not the Lord. And you stopped. And what God wants to do is He wants to come and grab you and pull you out of that quicksand and get you moving again. That's all He wants to do. And I think one of the best things we could all do is don't stop praising Him. Don't stop being thankful. We had another version thing I just said was, you know, how you, you know, we figured it out on our own. We Probably Bob said it and we knew it subconsciously, but the very thing that he said was every troubled time we went through, every devastating tragedy we experienced, we made a decision, we're going to keep going towards Jesus. We're not going to stop. And eventually, we'll walk out of it. And every time, every time we walked out of it, every time we came into the daylight, every time, it could be the darkest hours, days, and months. So I want to encourage you with that. This morning... It's a time, it's a time for people to move forward in the Lord. It's a time for people to move forward. I just want to pray for you and ask the Lord to help you. By Him, we offer a sacrifice of praise to Him. And so, Lord, we just are, we want to humble ourselves to you this morning. We, first, we want to say, Lord, thank you that you, you absolutely deserve to be worshipped. You deserve praise. You deserve thanksgiving. I mean, all the time, Lord, but it's just, Lord, it just seems like the Bible tells us, even though you deserve it, there's so much the Bible tells us of what you give us in it. Because you're a God who gives. You're a God who loves. You're you're a daddy who can't stand not to give. And we just declare that today, that that's your heart, Lord, in this. We're not trying to just drum up something But, Lord, we are going to accept something today. And we're going to receive something. But I pray you'd put it in all our hearts, Lord, to count our blessings and to remember what you've done for us. And when we find ourselves in a tight spot, that we would just praise you. Lord, we'd just be thankful. We'd just praise you, Lord. We would just give you the glory. We would magnify you in our minds. Lord, I ask you to release that anointing on, on people right now. Just put your hand on your head if you'd like to. I think the Lord just wants to touch your little heads this morning. <laughs> our little heads are full of stuff, aren't they? Lord, touch our heads. We need you. We need you in our thinking. We invite you into our thinking like never before. Mm. Just untwist some things. Untwist some things, Lord. Just, just take a minute and let the Lord untwist some things. Uh, you know, like the, the twisted thinking. Oh, Lord, untwist some of that their thoughts. One time I was having a, a pretty powerful encounter with the Lord, and I saw myself, and I looked like a pretzel. I was all twisted up. And I saw the hand of the Lord come on me. I said, what are you doing, Lord? He said, I'm straightening you out. We ain't pretzels. We don't need to be twisted up. He wants to untwist us. He wants to... Lord, I pray you do that right now. Just like you did that day with me where you began to untwist my life, Lord. Untwist a lot of the thoughts I was having and giving me new thoughts, Lord. Lord, do it right now. Do it for people.
Another thing I saw that day, same day, this was a crazy day in my life. It was a beautiful day, is I saw an ironing board. Y'all know what an ironing board is? Women know what iron. I don't want to know anything about an ironing board. Becky makes me iron my clothes. Well, I saw an ironing board, and I saw me up on the ironing board. Okay? And I said, what is this? He said, I'm going to have a bride without spot or wrinkle, so i got to iron some wrinkles out of your life. Literally, and I could feel some things getting straightened out in me. Lord, release that divine iron. Put us up on the ironing board again, Lord. We've gotten messed up again. We've gotten twisted thinking again, Lord. Get us straightened out, Lord. Get us straightened out, Lord. Lord, we ask you to bless your people in this room today. I just pray every person in this room would know they're loved. If nothing else. If nothing else. If nothing else, if nothing else, if not, let me say this, if nothing else, I told the Lord one day, Lord, if all I get from you for the rest of my life is your love, that's going to be enough. That's what I told him. I was dead serious because at that point I was just destroyed. Now I can tell you, everything comes out of love when it comes to God. And without love, none of this other stuff's going to work. So, Lord, I just pray for everybody in this room. They would know love. They would know love. They would know love. They would know love. If you don't know the love of God today, just say, let me know it in my heart. Let me know it in my heart like before. Mm -hmm. Amen, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm done. Hey, I went 10 minutes over, but I, part of that was praying, right? Hey, that was good, Byron. So, Will is going to dismiss you guys, but I had a lot of knowledge. And it's kind of odd. I saw red socks. And I kept on hearing. <laughs> I don't know who owns red socks. Okay. But uh, <laughs> you do. Well, the Lord's got something for you. That was it. So we can have the ministry team come up. Uh, and if you need prayer, please avail yourself of them. You know, in the meantime, you dismiss. May the Lord bless you, keep you, and may he love on you. And do not forget to pick up your kids.